0: TheWellnessCouch.com, streaming wellness into your lives. This is Up For A Chat with Cindy O'Meara, Karen Smith, and Kim Morrison. Here we are, Up For A Chat, about the hottest topics that are important to you. I'm Karen Smith. I'm Kim Morrison. And I'm Cindy O'Meara. And today, we're responding directly to a request that you guys have submitted to us, there's something that runs common in a lot of relationships. And it's not just our relationships inside the walls of our home. It's the relationship, well, it's the relationships that we've created with people in our lives. And, you know, one of the biggest challenges that we face is that when we're experiencing expansion and growth and new ideas and, you know, um, Challenging the way that we eat, challenging the way that we think, challenging what we're doing with our bodies and, you know, um, trying to implement new behaviors in our lives. We're on this great accelerated path towards feeling amazing and experiencing life as this amazing journey. But sometimes the people who are right beside us or who are experiencing that journey with us, they don't quite get the same momentum. (laughs) And they don't quite get why we're doing it, why it's necessary, because, you know, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. You know, sometimes they don't quite get that, or they don't get why we're going on the journey. Therefore, whatever we don't understand as humans, we tend to ridicule. And we tend to to find reasons to justify why our beliefs about it being wrong is actually right. Mm. And we don't want to be left behind either. So, particularly in our relationships, if we're in a relationship with somebody and here we are trying to change our mindset and change the way that we eat and change what the things that we do, if we're in a relationship with somebody, our significant other doesn't want to be left behind. They don't understand why you're making the changes that you're making or why you're thinking differently or why you're refusing to argue about the barbecue. Mm-hmm. I love how you
1: always bring
0: that up. <laughs> you can run Cindy in the mirror, but you I cannot, cannot hide. hide.
2: <laughs> And if you missed the barbecue episode, we will let you know at the end of it which one that was. Yes,
0: yes.
1: No, we won't. No.
0: <laughs> I can't even remember. It, it was, was the, the one on ago.
1: relationships. Yeah, there you go. I knew yeah, there you oh, go. And yeah. you
0: know, we have had so much feedback oh, no. on that. The number of emails I've personally received <laughs> on that podcast... Yeah has been extreme where people have felt, oh, thank God I'm not alone. (laughs) You
1: you three girls are the same.
0: (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. And I thought, oh, you know, we're all all the same. Mm -hmm. We all go through the same shite, you know. And I think today's podcast is really about giving our listeners and also ourselves because we learn as we share, but giving our listeners some tools to be able to be in their lives, to be with the change and to also be with the people who are not making the change how we can coexist with each other in a harmonious harmonious way that our new choices and new decisions and new way of being doesn't become a disruption to what we've spent our entire lives creating. It becomes an enhancement to it. And I think that's one of the biggest questions that I get with the work that I do with people where I, you know people come into my seminars, we do all this mindset work, We change the way we think. We start to see with great clarity that we are the creators of our universe. And then we go home and we live in a life where people say, it's your fault, you're doing this, you're the wrong person, I'm right, stop doing that, stop saying this, it's your fault, and complaining about who and what we are. And we wonder how on earth we can maintain our great sense of euphoria Mm -hmm. that we've established because of these
1: new choices when we live in an environment that's not conducive to that. So, I guess the question that we've got to ask is, you know, if you are on your journey and your partner isn't, or it may not even be in How do you change mentally? the dickheads that don't
2: agree with you? That's what you're saying.
1: Is that oh, what, what you're, you're saying? So,
2: was I a bit long-winded? <laughs> would, would you repeat that? Oh, no, I can't. I didn't mean to offend anyone. I'm just thinking, why don't they see it the way we see it? Uh, dickheads! <laughs> why can't they understand this is what we're on? What This is what we want to do. What's, what's wrong with them? Yeah, you know, it's
1: not just in within the family it can be in the outer circles of the family as well it might oh. be the in-laws or it might be the parents or it it might even be the the son or the daughter that's not getting oh. you know what you're doing a husband the wife the the facebook you know like mm. i i was i just opened up my computer um and i had somebody saying i'm really frustrated with you Cindy mm-hmm. you know about this stuff and and this was my answer to her i said You know, I understand your frustration with me. Lots of people are frustrated because I think differently. And when someone doesn't think like you do, it's frustrating. (laughs) Trust me, I know. (laughs) But that's what I said to her. I went, I get it.
0: Because I'm frustrated
1: with you right now. Exactly.
0: (laughs) How can you not see it my way? But But it's true, they get frustrated with you, you get frustrated with them because neither party is actually seeing from each other's perspective, they're not seeing the truth in it. But what I want to say about this, though, is make no mistake, you know, especially if this new way of being and this new way of existing is new, we've been being us for a long time and we've set up our lives in order to support who we are. We're naturally attracted to partners that support who we are. We're naturally attracted to friends and family and situations and work environments. It's all happening very much on an unconscious level. But we create our lives in order to support who we are. Now you go and change that dramatically in any way, shape or form and you've created a complete disruption to the pattern and the, and the support structure that you've worked very hard to create and has been that support structure all your life. You've gone and now created a disruption to it and those people don't know how to be with you anymore. And then we go and
2: make them wrong for it. Yeah, or Karen, we make excuses for it. Like like if you've... Sometimes you can have an illness. So someone that's been um, sadly diagnosed with, with a life-threatening illness, let's say cancer, they then choose to go down this whole path of clean, organic, um, pure, no alcohol, no toxins and all of that. But people kind of accept that. It's kind of like... Or oh, you're doing everything you can to save your life. Okay, we won't give you such a hard, you know, a lot of people might agree with you and, and let you do that. Or my husband's instance where he has a real problem with wheat and gave up beer. Now, he's in a cricketing, sporting environment where everyone has a beer after the game. And so if, if whenever he said, oh, no, I don't drink beer, they'd be like, what? What's your problem? I have a beer. And I started saying to him, tell them you've only got one kidney. <laughs> oh, tell them you've actually got Is a that problem. a very good point. It, well, when we do it for
0: prevention, yeah. it's not it's not acceptable. But when we do it for cure, it's acceptable. And
2: so the minute he tells them he's got one kidney, which I might add is true, I wasn't making that up. Oh, right, yeah, oh. I thought, yeah. <laughs> yeah I thought You made that one. Yeah, right? I thought you did with your excla- excla- yeah. exclamation there. But but there's nothing wrong with his one kidney. But. It, it was almost like we had to have a reason for him not drinking the beer that they'd get off his case. Correct. So Correct. some of us may find, that's why I think this podcast is an interesting topic, why do we need an illness, an injury or a problem in order to be okay with making change? Because, my love, we've set up our
0: lives to support who we originally were. Everybody in our life is a, is a support and an, and, a, and a confirmation of who we are is right. Even us together as a collective, us three, we are together as a a confirmation that we're on the right path. It would be highly unlikely that we would have somebody come and join the podcast that doesn't fit in with that confirmation. Mm -hmm. So I look at my life um, with Matt, and I think I'm a classic example of this because my change didn't occur in the context of my food or my diet so much as it, it certainly is now. But you know, when Matt and I first got together, I was very depressed, I was still very much a broken woman as a result of the Bali bombing, I was still very much grieving the loss of my partner to suicide. And Matt and I found each other, and Matt's natural way of being, you know, he's this great big strong hairy Leo guy, and his natural way of being is very protective. I was this wounded broken bird that he had a perfect opportunity to come along and rescue. So while ever I was broken, Matt had a wonderful role to play and a wonderful purpose in life. So I set up my relationship to support that I was broken. Therefore, I found somebody who was my fixer. And I set up the same thing inside of my family, that my family became supportive of somebody who was broken. And therefore, all the friends that I attracted, I attracted friends for a broken person. Now, when I started to heal mentally... I started to change mentally and I started to buck what I had created to support that I was right, that the world was such a bad place to live in and I wasn't safe, therefore I needed to be protected. So I started to buck that because now all of a sudden I'm feeling safe again. As I'm healing, I'm starting to feel safe again. I'm realizing I don't have to be depressed. I can make other choices. And I start making those choices. And now I'm I'm living in a relationship with Matt where he doesn't have a job anymore. He doesn't know how to su- how to support me. Like all of a sudden, I've changed, and he doesn't know how to be with me. That it was about two and a half, three years ago, where that really reached a crescendo, where both of us were in a pl- in a place where he was he didn't know how to deal with me, and I certainly couldn't deal with somebody who still wanted to be the protector and hold on. I couldn't stand it. I felt like I couldn't breathe. So our relationship almost came to an end. Fortunately, we were in a position of being able to talk that through. Um, and now we have, you know, a, 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 a relatively blissful relationship. And I say relatively because we all have our stuff. But, you know, he's he doesn't do that with me anymore. So now I've created a relationship with him where he supports the new me. But that change is dramatic. And him and I you know we obviously have a lot of work still to do together which is why we maintained our relationship but in a lot of cases relationships will actually come to an end because the person going through a change has structured a life around them that supported the old them now there's a new them emerging and the old them the old people that they've had around them can't deal with that anymore and they can't deal with those
2: people so they part ways karen i think what you've done in what you and Matt have done as a couple with your changes over the last couple of years mm. has been a classic way, and I reckon you should share the way that you I mean we all have partners or friends or family or children or people close to us that we'd like to change now I don't mean to say that we want to change them to make them better to suit us although that's often the the key driver that 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 would be preferable (laughs) Um, yes yes that would be preferable let's just
0: be honest shall we go (laughs) there be Be more like me there you go
1: I like that person. He
2: thinks how I do. Uh,
0: That's
1: (laughs) what my dad dad always says. I like that man. He thinks like I do. (laughs) Yeah, it's true. Like
0: attracts like. Yeah. Yeah, it does. And it's the same when we're a broken bird or we're an overweight person or we're a sick person. Like attracts like. So we're in the constant state of attracting an energy and a vibrational experience that matches where we are. When our vibrational experiences change... The old
2: vibrational experience no longer fits anymore. Which is why we sometimes lose circles of friends or people as we change, evolve, and grow. Correct. But I think what you and Matt have done, and Matt probably doesn't even realize it. um, Oh, no, he does. Yeah. (laughs) But just, for instance, your food. I mean, when Cindy and I came to your house maybe a year ago, so the way you've been with food around Matt and the way, like, when we came, well, I know, sorry, sorry. So when we came to your house, you know, six, 12 months ago and Cindy and I looked in your fridge, mm. there was foods in there that we were both like, wow, you know, like, you don't need this, take this out. Remember, we did that whole thing. In fact, <laughs> yes, sweet pea, I remember there were four big garbage bags, full, <laughs> full. Wasn't it fun? It was fun. I loved it. <laughs> so what's even more amazing is every time we've come back or every time we all get together, You've just embraced it in such a way. Now, there initially was a massive challenge for you with Matt, and that he wanted his barbecue sauce and his ice magic and and all those sorts of things. And I think the key to this is you've now found a new path. Your partner hasn't either doesn't want to change or hasn't caught up with that. How do we relate? Now, I reckon you share what you did because originally the first thing is you want to tell everybody what they should be doing because you've just found this whole new truth.
0: That's very true. And, I mean, it's only natural for the ones that we care about and even the ones we don't care about. Um, we want to share what we found because we're the center of the universe and that's just the bottom line. You know, the only reason I listen to you talk is because I'm going to go next. So it's, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I read that on a bumper sticker once. I thought that
1: was hysterical. The only reason I listen to you talk is because I want to go next and so I'm going to go next. <laughs> I just butt in here and that's I'm going to go next. three of us, <laughs>
2: Yeah, 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 you Get to the point, because yeah. Okay, now I'm talking. <laughs> but that's all of us.
0: That's everybody. Yeah. That's humanity. We're all. Uh, we are yeah, s- I'm interested in listening to you. Oh, there's no mistake about the interest factor. There's yeah. no mistake oh, no, about it's that. Unless
2: it's, unless it's Karen, clearly.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, it's a bumper sticker. <laughs> <laughs> But you think about it, we come into this world as babies and as babies we're the centre of the universe and we scream to be heard. In what's called an egocentric phase of our lives, which I
2: don't believe ever leaves us. (laughs) Well, you know, and this is the actual truth. We Mm. just become larger versions of ourselves. And we become better at not making it so obvious. Hiding it. Mm
0: -hmm. Except for me, I'll just come out and tell you. (laughs) Or wait till she's finished speaking. Probably not, I'd interrupt. (laughs) I'd interrupt.
2: Mm. You see? Look. (laughs) <laughs> Should we start a conversation and see how long she goes before she can come no, no, in? No, 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 don't do that.
0: <laughs> Tell us about Matt and what you did. So, I mean, you know, I think we love to be able to share what we learn and for the most part we feel like we can make a difference that way. And that's really a good thing provided the people who we're sharing it with are in the same um, frame of mind that we are. But that's that's probably 80% of the time it's not the case. of the time when we make a change or a shift in ourselves or in our relationships, it takes some time for the other person to catch up because if you think about, like, let's just think about when you guys came into my house Mm -hmm. to clean out my fridge, I had been focusing on my food and my diet for how many years? Mm -hmm. Five or six, God, I would no, all my life. Let's just say all my
1: life because I've always been... But really, I think in the last couple of years, you were really concentrating on it, Mm -hmm. Yeah,
0: yeah. And that's very true. That's very true. So let's say it was, I don't know, maybe three years. Yeah. So for three years, i had been doing the background work so that when you guys came into my house and I finally let you loose on my cupboards, <laughs> I was ready and I was ready for the change, which is why I've gone on to embrace it with the, um, you know, the, the, the ferocity that I have. Mm. Now I had three years to prepare for that. Matt didn't, he wasn't on that three-year journey with me of bloating and pain and skin rashes and overweight. He wasn't on that journey with me. So all of a sudden, one day, he's got ice magic, and the next day, he's got nothing. <laughs> so <laughs> We did throw that ice magic out, didn't we? And the barbecue sauce. Yes, and do you know, I actually found ice magic in the cupboard the other day. Oh. So I took it straight out, and I hit it, and he hasn't missed it. So now oh, I can put
2: it in the bin. There mm-hmm. is the cube. Mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. it's not in the house, you can't have it. Too right.
1: Too right. Do you know, I... Um, I I have a wonderful quote that um, is indicative of what we're talking about and I don't know if I've said it on the podcast or not but it won't hurt to repeat it and it's the one about the bishop's inscription where you know he's on his deathbed and he he says when I was young and full of life I wanted to change the world but after some time I realized that the world didn't want to change so I set my sights just a little bit lower and I started to work on my country. And that, too, didn't want to budge or change. So I thought, well, I'll set my sights even lower on my community. And so I tried to change my community, but it wasn't even interested. So I thought, well, I'll work on my family and friends. And they, too, weren't interested in change. And then he he has this, like, spark that comes to him. And he says, and then I realized, if I'd only changed myself, then by example... And it's example, not telling, it's Mm. example. Then by example, I may have been able to influence my family and friends. And with their love and support, we may have been able to even influence a community and then a country and then the world. Mm. So, look, I think it's all very well and good for us to change but if the person's not ready for change, and you're telling them all the time to change, you just become a nagger. You become a nagger. And so what you have to do is you have to become a shining light and a, a um, an example of what you're doing. And then you'll find them saying, "I'd really like to try that," or "You're really looking good," and you know, or "What have you been doing What have lately? you been doing? Or "I <laughs> want what she's got," you know. There, there's that. Or "I want what they want." And I think that that is the thing is you you can't change anybody else. You have no right to change Mm -hmm. anyone else. Mm. The only right you have is to change yourself. Mm. And you're the only one that you have total control control over. Everybody else, you can influence them, you can inspire them, but they have to change themselves. Mm. So my belief is that while you're living with somebody um, that doesn't want to change or doesn't have your beliefs or, or anything like that, There's no use trying to do that, just live by an example. And then they may come to the other side or they may not and you may split and you may leave. And I think a really good um, thing that's happening at the moment is that I think couples need to have really good conversations about their beliefs. Mm. Because if you get it, you know, we're not taught this as kids that who you marry really has to have the same values as you. And I know there's those sparks that happen and the cells start to tingle and you, you have a lust that happens and then you fall in love and then you get married and you think, he's nothing, he doesn't even think like me or mm. she doesn't even think like, you know, me. And so you end up in a, in a relationship where your values are totally different. And I think if your values are totally different, then the relationship can't survive unless one merges with the other or the other one is influenced by the other. But Cindy, I think that in itself is perfection. Yeah.
2: So and I wouldn't we've even look at that, it, haven't we? Yeah, and yeah. I wouldn't even look at. You should marry someone with the same values. I think ideally you probably will, but over time those values may change for each of you, and that's okay. Yeah. Um. But like what what Karen and Matt did, I think, and or what they're going through is is Karen is doing exactly what your bishop quotes talking about. She stopped nagging him, mm. and telling him what he should and shouldn't be doing, and started living by example and then every now and again when we all get together you'll say something matt's doing or he's not doing or he's not even noticed the ice magic's missing and and, and he's lost um, as of this morning 10 kilos yeah wow it's i know this is the extraordinary oh, yeah. part so so you're absolutely right about our values and what we and that 's often what can hold a marriage together or relationships together, I believe, when you are going through a bad patch, mm-hmm. those values those similarities because it 's through those challenging times that you, you need to call on those but I think it's okay if relationships come to an end because I wouldn't want to stay in a marriage just because we started out with the same values and now my values are completely open and new and different now and yet you're not even wanting to go there or even wanting to edge it and yet you're complaining that you've got a sore back, you're complaining that you're always sick and tired and uh, and I'm over that. I've actually found a whole new way in living and being that I think it's okay that if if a relationship comes to a place where you no longer have those same values that you can actually... I'm don't get me wrong I'm not trying to discount the relationship but I think sometimes mm. it's sometimes time to take different classes. Yeah, yeah, it is. Can I can I add a little bit of something to that in that there are
0: no mistakes and everything is perfect as you said Kim everything is perfect. Um and as you said Cindy our values you know for for, for there to be harmony in the home the, the values do have to have an alignment. Mm. But what I want to suggest about that is that there are no mistakes. And at the time that we connect, the values are in alignment. The values that um, we are capable of expressing and seeing and experiencing inside of each other, they are very much in alignment. Otherwise, the union doesn't happen. And it's not just about us from the context of you look like a spunk. You know... And I'll be I'll be honest. When I met Matt, I thought he looked like Ben Affleck, and with with really with much nicer legs.
2: And he <laughs> looked like Jean Claude Van Damme.
0: Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah just. Yeah, right. Mm, Got it. Yeah, mm. yeah, I can see that. Mm.
2: No. Anyway,
0: How- <laughs> Howie? Howie looked like James Bond.
2: No, nice. I can see that. Definitely nice. James the, Bond. The
1: Sean Connery version. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, no, because he was younger then. More the uh, what's his name? The the latest the Pierce.
2: Pierce Brosnan. Brosnan. Pierce Brosnan. Yeah, more that.
1: Oh, Especially when he had his suit on and, and his... Hair. And, he, and, he, and, and hair. And hair. And hair then. Now he's probably more Sean Connery. That's why I went to Sean Connery. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. How funny we Because you know are. the older version. We are so funny. We are
0: so
2: funny.
0: And now I look at Matt and he's nothing like Ben Affleck.
2: And... Yeah. No, yeah anyway,
0: yeah. let's just move on from that. <laughs> um, but, you know, there's something beyond that initial spunk, you know, let's get married, you're hot, you know, great personality, you make me laugh. There's something beyond we'll make that. Good babies. We'll make good babies. There's something beyond that, I think, that, that, that makes the union perfect. And when we get to a point where we change, and we all change, there's no mistake about it. Every single human being goes through change in their life because the soul is in constant pursuit of its expansion. And it's in constant pursuit of its expression. We are in a universe that's in constant expansion. And we are part of that physiologically and spiritually and emotionally and mentally. We are part of an expanding universe. So the body and the experience is in constant pursuit and... um, in constant seeking of its expansion. So we're never not growing. Even when we think we're with people who don't grow and they're stuck and they're stagnant and they're not going anywhere and they're never going to change, they're always you know staying the way that they are. Even in that state they are growing in a perfect, in a perfect way for them. So sometimes what lands up happening is we go through this change and the, the, the change is no mistake and the person that we're in the relationship with is no mistake while we're going through that change. Because what we do while we're going through the change, notice, as we're going through the change, we question ourselves and we doubt ourselves. Am I really doing the right thing? Like, is this really fair income? Is it really right that I shouldn't be depressed? Like, what if being depressed is the only way for me to go? If I'm not depressed, who am I? Should I really lose weight? If I'm not a fat person, who am I? If I look in the mirror and I see slim, all of a sudden people are going to expect me to be successful. Oh, my God, now I don't want to be successful because that comes with a lot of pressure that I'm not ready for. Or, um, you know, I'm a person who's addicted to a drug or an alcohol, and if I'm not that, then what am I? So we create our lives and we create the people in our lives in order to support who and what we are. So then when we go through the change, we're going through the change questioning it. But because we don't have the solid answers yet because we haven't had enough time to keep it in practice and to see the results... Those questions and those self-doubts we project out onto our partner and we say they're theirs. And we say, you're not supporting me. You're not you're not believing in me. You're not telling me that I can lose this weight. You're not telling me that I can build this business. You need to be more supportive. And we project all of that out onto our partners and onto our friends and our family. And it's always the closest people to us that we hurt the most. But all that that is is a reflection of what's going on in ourselves. Nothing more, nothing less. Because we don't have a solid foundation yet we'll get there but it doesn't happen the day you decide to make the change Mm. the solidity of the foundation needs to be built through constant implementation and practice and doing and being with it then we get the solid foundation where we can say yes this is my house and it is built on stone rather than i'm just laying the foundations right now i've just put the rio down and we're pouring the concrete you know and and somebody comes along with their shoes and walks through your concrete and you go oh my god you walked through my concrete you know that's so unsupportive of you mm-hmm. <laughs> but the concrete's not even set yet of course somebody's going to come along and walk in it they don't know they don't even know the concrete they, you know they don't know it's not dry mm-hmm. does that make sense mm-hmm. absolutely so we go ahead and we put all the blame and the responsibility on our partners if we could only see and this is what we spoke about in the relationship um podcast previously if we could only see That what we do is project our own insecurities and our own unsureties and our own fears or concerns. And they're unconscious. So if we knew better, we would do better. But we project that out onto our partners and then we blame them. And worse, we leave them. We project it out onto our mother or our father and worse, we disown them. And and, And because we never get that it's our projection, those relationships are never healed because we've always got a reason to make that person wrong and why we were right for leaving them because now we're not only just blaming them for not supporting us now we have to be right in justifying why we left in the first place so it perpetuates the the brokenness of that whole you know that whole scenario Matt and I I was very fortunate because I'm in this work 24/7 I was very fortunate to have lived with you don't support me you're not looking after me you're not doing the right thing you're putting me down i live i live with that for two years and i live with this work every day so i didn't see it for two whole years until it got to the point where i was ready to walk out and he was ready to walk out because there was absolutely no connection between the two of us until i got it
1: cool. i don't know, i don't know
0: how i got it but i woke up one morning and i went oh my god He's just reflecting my own concerns because I was building this big business and I wasn't sure if I could do it. And I wasn't sure if I knew how to do it because I'd been depressed and I'd been a fat person and I still had all my wires crossed up because I was still a sugar addict. So I couldn't even think clearly to think through it anyway, you know. So when I did, you know, get some level of faculty around me, I sat back down and I said to him, I've realized what I've been doing. We may still part ways, but I know now I've been projecting all of my insecurities of I'm not good enough, can I do this, onto you. Mm-hmm. And of course, I feel that way. Therefore, every conversation I have with you is, oh, I'm not sure if this is going to work. Oh, God, what have I done? Or I'm spending all this money. And because I'm coming from a place of, 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 uh, of wet concrete without a solid foundation, of course he's going to have doubt. Of course he's going to question it because I'm still not sure. Mm-hmm. So he's naturally going to be reflecting my own questioning. But when I stopped questioning myself and, I, and it was the day that I said, I'm not going to doubt myself anymore. I'm not going to question whether I can do this anymore because I've had the desire, I'm taking action, I'm implementing it and I'm going to trust myself. No one else has walked in my shoes before so I don't have anybody else that, I can, that can mentor me. I'm just going to trust that whatever I do will be right and whatever decisions I make along the way will be the right decisions based on the circumstances at the time, I can't do more than that. And as I got comfortable with that conversation with myself, I could then go and talk to Matt and say, I've been making you wrong for not supporting me when I haven't been supporting me. Now, it's up to you if you choose to support me or you don't choose to support me. That's your choice, and I'm going to leave that with you. But I want you to know I am supporting me. I believe in me. I know I can do it. I know I have the wherewithal. Am I scared? Hell yes! (laughs) And it would be really great to have a big, strong, hairy man next to me so that I've got somebody to do it with. But if you don't come with me, trust me, I am still going. And it was overnight. And I'm not joking. It was overnight. We sat down and there's this neurolinguistic programming technique that I do called values. And it's so easy. Where we both work out what our top five values are in our relationships. And our top five values are in our career. In our relationship, we didn't realize, but in our relationship, Matt and my values, identical. He just has loyalty where I have play. But other than that, trust, love, fun, all that, honesty, identical values. And I don't have the loyalty, but I had the playfulness. In our career, our values, worlds apart. Matt has stability. He has financial freedom. He has um, consistency. He has, um, you know, uh, uh, familiarity, those sorts of things. Me, change, variety, differences, um, mm-hmm. mock you with my hair on fire, nothing the same two days, um, constant challenge, constant change, constant growth and expansion. So he looks at me in my work and I'm exhausting to him. <laughs> I'm just exhausted. <laughs> and I look at him and I'm bored. You know, oh, that's too funny. It is. It's. It, but but you know what? Yeah. Now that we actually have had that conversation, oh, yeah. now that we've had the conversation because we've gone there with each other, we actually now, he looks at me and he goes, Oh, God, hun, here you go. radio. I'm just going to stand back and get ready to catch the exploded, ple- exploded pieces as they land on the walls. <laughs> And then I look at him and I go, oh, for goodness sake, thank goodness you're so stable because I have no idea what tomorrow's bringing. You, you've got it all going. So, you know, you keep going that path and I'll just be exploding in here behind you as you take the lead keeping us safe. And it's a beautiful thing because now we get who we are in relationship and our relationship is never under question anymore. We never have to question it because our values are identical except for the loyalty and the playfulness. So... I don't actually have to question whether I am in a relationship that meets, meets me, because I know that it does.
2: Well, I think, but um, in
0: relationship to our careers, it apart. It so it's only natural it that he's not going to understand what, what I'm doing. doing. Yeah. Therefore, I have to make him feel secure, stable, financial security. I've got to meet his values with the way that I communicate about my business. And his business, well, you know what, my business is so full, he doesn't actually have to meet my values of change and variety
2: and mock two with your hair on fire. He doesn't have to meet that because I'm big enough to cover that for myself, you know. It's I, a beautiful I thing. I think what you've brought up is a fantastic point, that if we relate that back to how do I cope with someone who doesn't believe with me, my health changes or things that I'm trying to implement, I think what you've just said is has nailed it completely, which is... Um, uh, maybe a good exercise to do would be to sit down with the people that don't agree with you and, and express what it is. That, like we have family meetings on Sundays and that's our chance to all express what it is that we're going through or what's on our mind. But I think if you sat down and even asked the question, you know, Sorry. well, let's say, like, I'm just going to use you and Matt as an example. Yeah, do you've, it. you've gone on this new beautiful path of self discovery, healthier eating, oh my gosh, every day and every time we're with Cindy, we learn something new, and then you want to go home and try it, and they're like, oh for God's sake, what's this? Um, You know, What are you doing? I want my ice magic, I want my barbecue sauce. Um, But you could sit down together and actually ask one another, even as a family, what are you used to? What does health mean to you? I love that question. Um, What is healthy to you? Um, What is a beautiful, healthy diet to you? And if they're talking about lean cuisine and light diet cokes and things like that then you can actually say well now we can understand why we're coming from such a different viewpoint look i'm learning this and and i always had like even when we were researching skincare, you know i had friends around us "Oh, as if they'd put those toxic chemicals in there if it wasn't bad if it was bad for you and my started answering them with show me the proof that it's not now, they hadn't even looked at anything. They're just going by the general consensus of what's believed to be good. So when I've said to them, okay, well, I'll show you the proof I've found. Can you show me proof that it is okay? And if they're willing to go to that level and go to that, that, that place of looking for and researching it, I'm happy to listen. Yeah. But if you're going to sit there and tell me, oh, as if they'd do that, and you've got nothing to back it up, and yet I've been doing this research and learning and growing, and, and I might not be right but my God, i found a whole new world here that I'm questioning big time. So like you say, do you want to come with me on this? And it doesn't matter if you don't, because I'm going there. Mm. So I think as a mother, as a person, as a wife, as a partner, as a friend, on this journey, I think that the greatest stance we can make is, and I find it very admirable when I meet someone who will not eat meat and, and, and find out why, or when I meet someone who will not touch wheat and hasn't done for 15 months... I'm fascinated to know why. Or Danny now, who won't drink beer because he's got a wheat Thomas and he's only got one kidney. <laughs> <Yeah>. um, <laughs> make sure you mention that. But it's 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 interesting and it's understandable to see why people are changing. And I think you've made some amazing points in there about stop trying to change the other person. Come to a place of understanding, perhaps, if it's worth it. Some people won't be worth it. And in Facebook, it's wonderful. You can ban them. Mm. Um, you actually can wipe people away because sometimes that conflict and fight is too big and it's mm. too personal and it's too harsh.
0: Well, when you're also starting out on something new, to have a lot of negative feedback is very difficult to um, to be able to cope with particularly when you have your own self-doubt and you have your own questioning and you're experimenting and exploring, to have other people giving you negative feedback as well, it's hard to, it's hard to sustain your sense of direction in the face of that. Um, but I also want to say around that it's not a mistake. That's, it's necessary in order to make you choose. Well, am I really convinced with this or mm-hmm. am I going to still go back to the way that I used to well, be? Well, that's
2: what I was going to say. Like when they challenge me on it, I then go and do a bit more research
0: so that's that right. I can answer them a little bit more. Well, what you're doing is you're just adding extra foundation to your foundations. You're adding the structure now to your home. You're adding the roof to your home. You're adding the, the walls to your home and mm-hmm. the windows to your home and the front door to your home until you have complete structural home that's incapable of being pushed over. But while ever the home, the concrete's wet and just the trusses are up and the structure is up, it can still be pushed over. So what we tend to do, unfortunately, is defend ourselves ferociously and make others wrong
2: in order to maintain our structure. Can I give you an example? Cindy, I want to tell you this because you'll probably find it quite humorous. Um, But as I've been on my path for the last, particularly probably... Always, but mainly when I felt pregnant, because that really made me question what was happening to my body and what I was putting into and onto it. But my family and friends, God love them, they've all put up with me on this big course of, of change and life and expansion. But there was one level where, where I've always loved butter, because my grandma loved butter and, and she always cooked with butter, and we only ever had butter because we actually couldn't afford margarine um, growing up and things like that. But when I was you know, learning and studying and things, and my family were all... They then got the barrage from me about how amazing this thing called Olivio was because I felt in my research and what I'd seen is it was this margarine, but I didn't know it was margarine. I just thought it was um, basically whipped olive oil. I thought it was the best next thing. So I saw it as an unsaturated fat that was fantastic. So I went to town on my family and friends about how extraordinary this this thing called Olivio was, this, this amazing new olive oil spread because I thought it was better now than butter. And so I actually converted everybody, I think, around me, onto, and they believed me. They thought, yeah, she's onto this. And now, uh, well, not now, but it was only, only a matter of, I think, only a year or two later when we were writing our second book that we started looking at the hydrogenization process and what they do to create Olivia and Margarines. And then I was, that's when I really got to know you more, that I went, oh my God, I had it wrong. Mm. Oh my gosh, no butter is better. And I had to go back and, and they were like, Oh, why should we trust and it really was, why should we trust you now? You told us Olivia was good and I really had almost oh. undone my credibility as a leader in the field, if you like, or a leader in the, in family, the family. Around that. Yeah. Around it. And and for a while there they didn't I don't think people trusted me for a while, which I can understand. But I kind of stood true to it and I and I think that's another key thing to this is is if we do find something that all of a sudden we then feel there's another truth behind it that now we don't agree with what we said. I think being humble enough and honest enough to actually say, actually, you know what, I did get it wrong, um, and this is what i found now. What do you think? Rather than that dictatorial behaviour of telling people what they should do, I realised I stopped telling people what they should do and actually started focusing on me. And that's what Cindy
0: was saying earlier, mm. is be the example for mm. people rather than being a people's teacher because nobody can be taught anything. You know, we can't How teach would anybody How have you coped with acting? this,
2: though? Like... You've been on this path yeah. for 30, 40 years, telling people what you found and what you believed. You've had people fighting. You still have people fighting you. And we weren't even ready to hear
1: what you had to say 30 years ago. No. I, like, and you have to realise I come from a family that thinks this way. So I've always had the support of my family. You know, like So my mother, my father, my sister and my brother, we've always been the same and we've always thought that way. So there's always been that support. And I think if you have the support of your nuclear family, yeah. it's quite good. The, when I met Howard, he was a 12 sausage, a packet of bread, a day boy.
2: Really? Yeah, yeah. Oh,
1: my God. Oh, my God. Look at him, the guru. Yeah, yeah. I know. It's amazing, isn't it? 12 sausages and a packet of bread? Yep. 12 that that's what that's what he ate every single day he was the that's that's all I saw for breakfast lunch and dinner basically that's what he ate and it was not I don't remember ever harping on him I just remember him I said to him oh, I'm going to go on a cleanse you know this was back when I was 24 I said I'm going to go on a cleanse and he said oh I want to do it with you so it wasn't would you know you need to go on this cleanse look what you're eating it's shocking it wasn't that it was just, I'm going to go on a cleanse, and he said, I'm going to do it with you. So we did a week of this. We went on this cleanse, and and for Howard, that was the beginning of his journey. And and when he realized he was gluten intolerant, he became more strict than me when it came to foods. Um, and it, the, the tables have turned again. I'm now more strict than him. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we, it's been this Evolvement. passe, yeah, an involvement mm-hmm. of what's happening. My children also support me so i've never been without the support of my family and my husband and and my and, and that and and the friends that i collect mm. if they don't support me they drop away yeah, yeah. because i kind of go why well, have them around me because they're just going to create problems so it, what's interesting is that i was in um you know like i've been overseas and i was uh, eating out with a group of chiropractors that all think the same and they all know what i talk about with nutrition and what, two of them had been on this um, escapade where they had done some exciting thing on the snow and climbing mountains and doing stuff like that. And they met this woman and they brought her back for dinner. And I turned to her and I went, um, so how do you fit into this group? And she said, oh, well, I've just been picked up by these two guys, you know, and and they've just asked me to dinner. And I went, oh, and, and one of the boys go, oh, she markets for Kentucky Fried Chicken Taco Bell and... <laughs> oh no taco bell and pizza hut she's the marketing manager in the uk for these three chains and i went oh and she says to me well i work with nutritionists and i said well none like me (laughs) (laughs) and i was actually quite straight with her and i just said look That would never be like me because what they think is very different to what I think. They'll be looking at the fat, salt, and sugar. I don't look at fat, salt, and sugar. I look at ingredients, and I've seen your ingredients, and I wouldn't go there. So I actually made it quite clear to her who I was and what I was because I went, otherwise, I can't be bothered talking. I know. I can't be bothered. Absolutely. I I just, I don't want to even get in there. I was happy to just turn my face away and talk with someone else, which is probably a bit rude. rude, But that's me. But what she said was, she said, (laughs) I really admire your stance on food that was her comment to me which gave us space to speak
2: which then she'd turn her back towards her and then engage in a
1: conversation (laughs) well i when she (laughs) left when she left i said to the two guys i went what were you thinking bringing somebody that does that to a health table you know but like my question is this so i've always had this support and if the friends don't support they don't hang around And, and it's not because i don't want them to hang around it's just that well they don't want to be around somebody who doesn't think like they or do. Or we don't realise, and this is something
2: I've learnt lately, is you don't actually realise they won't say it to your face. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you know, I like that, kid. Just, but but just walk away. They, well, no, they'll talk about you behind their back in yeah, a way that yeah, makes them feel better about it. And we don't know any different. We still think they're friends, yeah. but they're not going to have the courage to say that to us. I mean, a classic is, is the naked cover I did of a magazine. Apparently, someone's told me that there's a number of people that know me... Um, that did not approve of the way I did that naked cover I don't know and when I asked who it was of course she wasn't going to tell me who they were but I'm kind of like well did I really need you know I don't really need to know that but but Mm. it's like but I realized it made me realize though that here I am thinking apart from that one lady on Facebook I thought everybody thought it was really good but it's the same as you like when you've got a whole community around you think hey look everyone's good so sometimes even the people in our community may not agree with us but I think what's nice about those people is that they have enough grace not to pull you down for that. Yeah. Or, or that they, because I know a couple of people in our circle, Cindy, that didn't agree with a lot of the things oh, that you said. I know. Until they did the HCG. And then the whole friendships evolved even more from there because now all of a sudden we are talking on the same platform. They just took a bit longer to get there. Or they had to get there in their own way without us telling them or you telling them what to do. And that's the thing is, is, is that it is by example. Mm. And then, and you are unwavering.
0: So it's like your foundations are rock solid. Your house is built. Your roof is on. Your Mm -hmm. chimney's up. You're living in there.
2: There's smoke coming out of that baby.
0: (laughs) Yeah, it's 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 rock solid. So, and because you're so unwavering. Naturally, that's the way. If we look to look at it from a vibrational perspective, you vibration at that. You vibrate at that unwavering state. So naturally, you're going to attract people who are going to match that state. And if they don't match that state, they get bounced straight off. Mm. So it's exactly the same. So if we're in an unwavering state, we're not going to attract conversations that are going to be questioning us, or, or 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 doubt. And if they do, it's not even going to it's not even going to touch the surface. But if we're in a questioning state or self doubt, naturally we're going to attract the same
1: vibration in order for us to expand to the next level, which is choice. Okay, so I have a question here. And this is a question from a very committed young woman um, with three children, married, uh, and having problems with her in-laws. So she wants to keep them off all wheat. She wants them not to have additives, preserves and flavorings, lollies, candies, anything like that. If she gives them to the in-laws to look after, they feed them. Oh, it's not going to hurt. They can have that. What do we do? What does she do? Or what does somebody do about that? Because I, like, you know, my in-laws eat margarine, you know, but I don't say anything. There's no point. They, they know what I do. they fed it to your children? If they fed it to my children, I would be ropeable. I would say, no. Do not. Yes, I would be no. ropeable. I would be. Yeah. See, whereas... Maybe maybe you're right. Maybe her structure's not strong enough for her to be ropeable to them. And, and Oh yeah, I would be ropeable. I would not let them around there again. And see that and yeah. there there is the answer. <sighs> we did not even have to talk. End
2: of podcast done. <laughs> you've got to be unwavering in your belief, but it's true. You do. If yeah. you're not
0: convinced, how is anybody else going to be? If you're not if you don't have that same level of conviction, how can anybody else support it? Because if you go, if she goes over to her her in-laws' place and she doesn't have that same level of conviction that you do, it there's nothing for that family, to, the, the in-laws, to support. But if she goes over there and she says, "This is uncondi- This is uh, this is not negotiable."
1: Not negotiable yeah.
0: There are no conditions at which this does not get met. If you want to see the children, this is these are the conditions that it must be yeah. that must be met. It is my choice. They are my children. And if you choose to do something to the contrary, know that you're putting them at risk and you're putting our relationship at risk. Please don't put me in that position. So rather than her feeling like she's got to say, don't do it, all she has to say is, please don't put me in a position where you make me not bring my children here because my kids love you. So don't put me in that position. Just don't give them that, yeah, you know, those sorts of foods. Good.
2: And I think each of us have a right once we have our own children and it's our responsibility. We have a right to be their parent for the time that we have them in our truths and beliefs. Whether a grandmother or a grandfather thinks it's okay to give them lollies, if you don't think it's okay and you've got your reasons why... There is no question about that. Just because they're the hierarchy or just because they're, you know, it's seen in the uh, maybe matriarchal in the family, mm, mm. I still believe there's an utter respect. And yeah. and I know for a fact that if you were dropping your children around and you knew Marjorie was in the house and you told me, I tell you what, when you walk back out that door, i would be going, I don't want to be on her bad side. Right? You know, like that's how unwavering you are. And I've had have that with my own family. It's powerful when you get like that. My children know that there is no way... Diet Coke, nothing like that is in this house. So the minute they're at an event or somewhere where Coke is there, now they might challenge me on it, as in a look. They won't come up, they'll never ask me because i will know the answer. But they might have been getting like, oh, it was there. And now I also go into that place of, well, I can't quite control everything either. They've got to make their choices too. And even though, okay, at 11 or 12, I still should be, but I can't stop another mother putting down white bread with hundreds and thousands and a can of Fanta on the table if I didn't know about it. Mm. Um, and then my children are going to make that choice. So then it becomes a learning of, my gosh, are we having a health expression here because you're not feeling so great? Mate, let's have a look at why. And I don't believe there's any accidents by having in-laws like that. It really challenges you on your beliefs. Why do some of us refuse to let kindergartens or schools put sunscreen on our children? I always told them, do not ever put sunscreen on my children but they said it's law we have to put sunscreen on your children I said well I've put it on myself and often I might not have um, but I would go to school and say they've already been screened I've done it already now and I had to sign a form to say that I had but I would take that that course because I didn't want their skin cancer society sunscreen on my children because I know the chemicals that are in it that's that unwavering thing I stood that they knew don't, don't stuff with me and if my kids ever came home and told me that they'd had sunscreen put on them I was Just up at that Kendrick, or I took them out of it mm. there was one school I took them out of because mm. I did not agree with what they were doing and it's only we only we only
0: feel that um, lack of support and negativity around us when we're not supporting ourselves when we're being negative towards ourselves because that's just how life is, it always shows us what we need to learn. Life is always a reflection of what's going on inside of us. It just, it, 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 always is, it's always happening and whether we acknowledge it or not, doesn't make it less true. Life is always an expression of what's going on inside of us. So if there is any doubt or questioning around our beliefs or how we're feeling, That will be reflected to us and the people around us. So the way to fix it is build your house quicker. Put more investment into getting more experience. Get your foundations laid. Get your walls up. Get your roof on as quickly as you can. You know, and and get the experience so that you know what you're choosing is right. Because when we first make a choice, we don't know if it's right or not. We haven't seen the result. Once you start to see the results, go after more results ferociously and that's putting more foundations, more roofs and walls on your home. And then when somebody questions you, just like you girls are, no matter what the topic, whether it's about your children, whether it's about the dogs, whether it's about a business, whether it's about a new adventure, it doesn't actually matter. Once a person has that level of conviction inside themselves, the world reflects that and the people closest to us reflect that. So if we could just be patient and not leave our relationships before we get to that stage, mm-hmm. then we would have something more substantial to work with as opposed to stacking on that the world's not right, therefore I have to become more defensive. Uh, you know, the, the number of people that I see who are in constant defense of themselves, defensiveness is simply a mechanism to mask our own unsurity of a, certain, of, of a situation. So just means that a word? Unsurity? Yeah. I could spell
1: that.
2: Unsurety of that. <laughs> Unsurety. <laughs> Un- Unsurenessity. Let's go there. <laughs> That's even better. <laughs> hey? Can Can I ask you both then? Let's give it. Let's give our listeners some examples. I've, uh, we've, I don't know. We've got our two kids at home. Girlfriend's arriving, and she said she'll bring dinner on the way. She's arrived, and it's McDonald's, <gasps> and it comes out on the <clears> table. <throat> yeah. <laughs> So that wouldn't happen. No, I know. But let's say it's a new let's moment. Let's just say. Let's okay. Say it's a new okay. And we've school. had a new decision made yep. in the house. We've just decided that we're not going to do any of that in the yes. house. Yeah. And so it's we good. used to. Yeah. We may have. Yeah. Let's say it's a brand new truth that we've all decided as a family. No more McDonald's. And yet we arrive at the first function. We're at the girlfriend turns up. She says she'll bring dinner, and it's McDonald's. How do I turn around now? I mean, I know what I'd say, but I'd like to ask you two. What would you say um, when that arrives? What would you do? <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll Okay, I'll answer. Can you answer. I'm like, okay.
1: I'd be dumbfounded, but that's only because I, I'm in my skin and I'm a nutritionist, and no one would dare do that. <laughs> <laughs> I would be absolutely dumbfounded, and I'm sorry, I can't even put myself into the position where nobody knows that I actually am uh, thinking about health and I don't want McDonald's. What would I do? I, I think I'd stare at it for a while and go. All right, come on, give me an answer. I'd I turn
2: it into an experiment. but
1: Would you? Well, do you know. And see how sick people get. No, no, I mean,
2: actually, say, like, great, right, can we use that burger on the on the shelf for three months oh, and see what it looks like good. in three months' time? But no. What
0: would you do? Well, see, the thing is with that, most people will not want to hurt the person's feelings. Mm. Exactly. And we also are non confrontational. So we're not going to want to go, oh my God, were you kidding?
2: You dickhead. <laughs> yeah. Sorry.
0: You did swear then. We don't eat that. <laughs> yeah. So, most people are non confrontational. So, what lands up happening is we eat the McDonald's and then we feel bad about it afterwards. And then she comes back the next week with more McDonald's because she yeah. hasn't been educated that, that, that we've decided to make a change. So, I think it's at that point that it's an opportunity for us to um, put a wall up, to build a structure, to, to decide to build the bathroom in our home mm-hmm. to, or the laundry, just a small room. We don't have to build the lounge room or the kitchen or, you know, we just build the bathroom in the, in the structure of our home where we actually state our claim for what's right
2: for us. Well, I can tell you this. If this happened to me and she arrived and she sat there with the McDonald's, I know I wouldn't want the confrontation. I wouldn't want to be mean and awful. Yeah. But I would humbly apologise that I hadn't made myself... So my conversation would go something like this. Oh, my gosh, Mary. Oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. I should have been more clear. We've really made a decision in our family not to have... McDonald's, and we're standing really strong with that. I am so sorry. Do you guys want us? Do you want to take that all home, and do you want to have that for you? Because I don't want to make her wrong. Yeah. Do you want to have that for you guys and take that? And I'm going to whip up some scrambled eggs on toast. Bit boring, I know, but I'm going to do that. But are you, are you okay you. with that? Because I'm so sorry. And she might go, "Oh, really?". Now, if you say it in a gentle enough way, mm. without condescending or knocking or mm. telling someone dictatorial, then if you say it that way, they're going to feel bad for bringing it maybe or they're going to go oh my gosh what's wrong with it then you go my next question would be and I've had this happen you really want me to tell you what's wrong with McDonald's I said, look that's a whole conversation I'm happy to share it with you but the information and stuff I have learned about McDonald's is actually frightening and I don't want to freak you out right now and we're having an afternoon tea with the kids but I really hope that you're okay. That we don't need that right now. I, I just because uh, I would be the same, Cindy. I would be dumbfounded, dumbfounded that someone founded, would arrive yeah. with McDonald's. You're a diplomat.
1: You really are. Well, I
2: also don't want it. But also, I've really learned from Karen mm. that that my belief doesn't necessarily make her wrong. Mm. But it's just my truth and my belief, my foundation, my walls. And I'm not going to have. I'm not going to have it lower enough that I won't. That to save the friendship. Yeah or the the relationship that I'm going to alter my beliefs just to make her feel good. I actually want my family and me to feel good and I don't want that stuff in my house or my kids to eat it. So I would be still very diplomatic. Uh, You know, what would we do then? Okay, let's give our husbands or partners as an example. I've said to Danny so many times, you know, don't buy flavoured, I don't know, crackers when he goes Mm -hmm. to the supermarket. Mm -hmm. So he's come home with rice crackers. Now, bless him. He's come home with these rice crackers that I've looked at and I even tasted one and I went, hang on a minute. Now it says original on the front cover of it. It says no added MSG, which is always a clue. Um, but I've turned it over and it's got 621, um, six, 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 in it. And I've looked and I've wanted to turn around and go, dickhead. Mm-hmm. Um, right. but she doesn't because she's diplomatic yeah but she right. just says it on the inside <laughs> I have, and, and i think some of us all agree that's what we're feeling like how many times do i have to tell you this mm. uh, but if she you know, i said, oh babe you don't know, did you know this has got M darling we can't eat this do you know what he says now oh sorry honey i'll take it back tomorrow i'll swap it tomorrow like he doesn't get defensive by me he's actually somehow we've found a place to be with one mm-hmm. another that He trusts me enough to know. He also knows he's perhaps not as educated as me in this area and so doesn't know. So he doesn't take it personally that he's been a dickhead. Um, But (laughs) I also don't have to get on my bandwagon. And I just go, actually, no, that's... And and he turns around. So we've found a way to relate. I think there's a key
0: that you've you've mentioned there. If we we still have the self-doubt, and let's come back to Mary who brought McDonald's, if we still have the self-doubt, Who we're going to be when we're having the conversation with Mary is defensive. So who we're being is defensive, having a conversation saying, we're deciding to eat really healthy and we're not eating McDonald's, therefore um, take that home with you because that's not cool. We don't want that in our house. Oh, I'm really sorry if I've upset you. I don't mean to be offensive. But who we've actually been is offensive because we've been in a state of needing to defend ourselves. Mm -hmm. But if who we're being is okay with the choices that we're making and complete with the choices that we're making we could even have we could have a conversation as bluntly as saying oh my god love you that's going to be so tasty on your table tomorrow night but tonight i'm just going to throw some eggs into the um thermomix i'm going to whip up some scrambled i would never say that because i don't eat eggs but (laughs) you would (laughs) but when when we are being um When when there's no charge, when there's no need to defend, when there's no emotion present, which is only possible when we have conviction. And on the way to conviction, we're defending from negativity. So if we know that that's what we're doing, be okay with it and relax and know that sometimes you're going to ruffle a few feathers. It's just, you know, that's going to happen on the way to conviction. But when we are at conviction doesn't matter what somebody does. It doesn't matter what somebody says. It's not enough to sway your house. It's not enough to blow your house down. It's not enough for you to feel that you need to defend anything because your house is rock solid. So you just easily can say, oh, look. No matter what they say. It doesn't matter what they say because who you're being is not defensive. Who you're being is um, relaxed, calm. There's no charge, emotional charge around having to defend your new beliefs or your new way of being. So you can easily just say, "Oh, Cindy, love your guts," but really, <laughs> sweet pea, um, no. not going to be eating, not going to be eating the crackers tonight. Um, let me see what else I've got in the cupboard. Oh, damn, we've got nothing in there. All right, look, you know what? I can whip up a couple of quinoa chia seed crackers because <laughs> I have a really good recipe for that. It's going to take me five minutes. Do you want to pour us a glass of fresh juice? It's just in the fridge over there. Go grab it and sit and talk to me while I make it. Mm. In that conversation there's just no charge, there's no need to make a scene, there's no need to make a big deal out of it, there's just no charge. But on the way to that level of conviction, just pay attention to who we're being when we're having those conversations. And if who we're being is defensive, don't have the conversation. Just don't put yourself in that situation. Don't have the conversation with your partner where there's there's propensity for negativity, where you're going to have to defend yourself.
2: Don't go there. And Which, I think we have to realize that for some of them, it'll take them five minutes. You know, absolutely. You might have a connection within five minutes and an understanding. I've, I've talked to some people that were drinking Diet Coke, and they've sat there and I've gone, oh, I must have a look on my face or something. And then they've gone, what's wrong with it? I've heard about Diet Coke. What is it? And they're open and ready for it. And I'll say something. Was this
0: the lady who had 10 in the space of about two Stop hours it. when I was Stop in the it. same place as Stop you? Stop
2: it. Really? Stop <laughs> it she drank 6 cans of diet coke in the times that we were sitting there it was scary no it wasn't her cuz no but but her daughter yes. her daughter in law yeah is very vigilant and never has that around when i'm around like do you know what's so fascinating you both know i do not have a science degree in nutrition is that correct
1: mm-hmm. correct right
2: i was on linkedin the other day i don't do a lot of linkedin i'm just getting the hang of this other social networking it's a business networking strategy I have quite a few friends, because oh, I just accept everybody, and I've, it's actually quite an interesting network. They can endorse you for the skills that you have. 67% of my number one skill is...
1: Nutrition. How amazing. Get out. Really? That's amazing. That is what, that, all in, what they all think. Of, of me with well, nutrition. Well, because well, you're, you're, like, you don't need a degree. Hmm. You really don't need a degree to have common sense. You know, common sense comes without the degree, and and the thing is, is that we have no common sense anymore, do we? We, it's like, you you have to have a degree. Like there are people that have a degree and they've been going for ten years on their degree, but have no common sense. You're, you know, what you have is that you've collected the knowledge and the information, and you have put common sense in there, and it, and it makes sense, doesn't it? Well, I I, I was a bit blown away because I'm not a nutritionist.
2: I never write, I'm a nutritionist.
1: Yeah, but you always talk about food. You're you're a foodie.
2: And
0: I love, Cindy, how you say it's common sense. Mm. Mm. Because it's just common sense. It's like, yeah, well, everybody should know that. It's just
2: common sense. (laughs) (laughs) But common isn't common anymore. Common sense isn't common practice. No, common isn't
1: common anymore. What was that
2: statement? Um, enough about education there's there's more there's plenty of intellectual derelicts
1: out there or something yeah Yeah, yeah, it's cute there is and unless you really put it into practice and really put some common sense into it then you're going to be tied up in all the crap that's going out there and and this is the problem about being rock solid now is that the rock solidness um that that we're trying to achieve keeps being eroded away by the latest scientific research mm. that actually shows that there's nothing wrong with diet coke or margarine or so i think at a, a point that while you gather all your information you have to have a philosophy yeah mm. and that philosophy mm. will guide you um and steer you to the right information that will make you more rock solid
2: you Sometimes see? blindly, because hey? well,
1: you're kind of going yeah. along with it. As long as your philosophy and values are there. If your philosophy's there. I agree. That's beautiful. Mm. Yeah, if your philosophy's there, I really believe that no matter what is happening on the outside of you, you, you have a philosophy. And yes, it could be this research here and this research here, but this doesn't make any sense to you because that's not a real food mm. if you're in the real food movement, you know? Yeah. So, how could margarine? be helping with heart disease or how could Diet Coke have anything to do with diabetes or making the body healthy because what we have to do is we have to make the environment of the body healthy. How could Diet Coke do that? Mm. It can't. Mm. There's just no way that it can do that. Common sense tells me so because it's a chemical uh, and and um, it's flavoured and it's got all these things and it's manipulated by man and it's not something that we evolved to eat. So you, you have to go through all of this you know this through, you. so to become rock solid i think a philosophy is really important
0: so philosophy could even be our foundation
1: mm.
0: yes in that yeah. analogy mm. the philosophy is the foundation because that holds the house up mm. and then Absolutely. the walls is the education
2: mm. and the experience but the foundation is the philosophy i love that cindy and the smoke out the chimney and the whole house <laughs> looking fantastic is your expression of that Oh, it's like you're it's, it's true shut it's, the front door shut the <laughs> front door end of podcast <laughs> it is time to sign it. I do have to apologise we have done this podcast in my bedroom today um, with, with all sorts of the, you've heard aeroplanes um, I've, I've dropped a few things just my apologies but just you are a fly on the wall with us three in these moments <laughs> <laughs> so jump
0: onto our Facebook page and give us your comments give us your feedback it's at facebook.com forward slash up for a chat and also don't don't forget to jump onto the wellness forward slash up for a chat and post your comments there post your thoughts you know this is this this is our experience of what um, you know what it's like to live in a life that's you know that's changing around you or where you're changing so tell us about your experiences tell us about where you've tried to make changes and the challenges that you've had you know we're not all we're, none of us are alone so come up and share them with us. We'd love to interact with you on that. So join us Here is your professional reminders. on up for a chat next week and be a part of the ripple effect that's changing the world. Bye for now. This has been a production of thewellnesscouch.com. Check us out on Facebook and join in the conversation on facebook.com forward slash thewellnesscouch. Subscribe to each show on iTunes and check us out on Twitter. The Wellness Couch, streaming wellness into your lives. Hi, this is Dr. Lawrence Tam from Inside the Champion's Mind. So how does spending 10 hours with the Wellness Guys, the Up for a Chat Girls, and 500 other wellness-minded people sound to you? Well, on Saturday, August 17th at The Crown in Melbourne is the place to be for our next Wellness Summit. Group discounts are available for 10 or more delegates, so why not bring your colleagues, your friends, and family
2: for even greater experience? For group discounts and to secure your spot, go to thewellnesssummit.com.